Well, North Bay Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Mr. Dave Scatina on the board. And this, uh, blustery wet but somewhat warm morning for winter. SP Futures down another 26. NSF Futures down 111. Dow Futures down 165 on top of the sort of amazing turnaround carnage yesterday. A day like I haven't seen in a while. And, uh, well, just for a review of those, shall we say, unhappy totals. Uh, the Dow is down 526, S&P down 83, NASDAQ down 304. So not good there. Um, David, I had my stuff. We run up so much three days in a row. We know I do a, a protective program for people, and I've been able to stay away from the the call being the calls being in the money pretty much all year. We've been uh, we've been uh, Harry Houdini here for a while, and all. But that always that never ends. It always ends, doesn't it, David? When you're talking it always about ends. Always. So all of a sudden, three four days in a row, we're burying up on our, these uh, positions. And our calls are got to be seven, eight dollars in the money. And I'm like, what the bleep? So, um, so we, we managed to continue to keep getting the calls up and out for a little bit of a credit, only through amazingly hard work. And uh, I never, but we, I never, <laughs> of course, now the puts are way out of the money. <clears throat> I'm thinking, last thing I'm doing is worry about these puts when I got these calls, eight, nine dollars the money. We dropped like ten strikes yesterday, and the spiders are twelve. All of a sudden, I'm like. <laughs> Hey, where the hell are our putts? I think we had to go roll some of them up um, to, to stay really protected here. It's, that like never happens. It was a we have a huge position in a UPS for some people, and was it uh, where are we on, on Wednesday morning? The stock had gone from like two oh eight with the earnings, the good earnings that came out a while ago. It went went from like two oh eight to actually it was, it was under two hundred. I think. I think after earnings runs the. 225, 227. Thank God that I want, I stayed right, really away on the calls, right? I mean, I just, I just don't want these things called away. So I stayed way, way away on the calls. So all of a sudden we're, we're short to 227 and a halfs. And the thing is pushing 230 Wednesday morning. I'm like, this thing was just 198. This is UPS. I mean, we're not talking about a dot bomb company. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden they, uh, it's, it's 230 and, and, Thursday morning, even though our market was up Thursday, it turns around. All of a sudden, yesterday it's 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 uh it's like two ten or two twenty. I'm like, how how the hell does this thing go down another ten? I mean, it's it's just nuts. But you know, you know, I found myself being being similar to. Did you watch any Olympics? I, I watched. Uh, I think I watched Sean White last night. My wife had it on. I was watching something. That's what else. I was. That's what I was watching. Yeah. Did you uh? Did you listen to those announcers? No, I really didn't. I didn't pay attention to it. Um, but she told me she was come here. Look at this guy still. This guy still doing uh, the snowboarding. <laughs> well, I think that's a, that's a way of life. Those guys, right? I mean, there's no. They're just, it, once well, if you're a shredder, you're you're just a shredder. I think. <laughs> I thought he was older than 35. She she looked it up. I I really did. But I think he started when he was really young. Yeah, I think he started when he was 18. And he he's put in. He's put in his time. This is this is fifth. Well, didn't they have didn't they have the two year one there uh, when they switched over from the? Yeah, I think you're, you might be right. I like I said, I I am not following the Olympics that closely this year. I, I rather watch. I'm not either. I yeah. rather watch the waste management golf in uh, <laughs> Scottsdale. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not in the situation where some people like Kevin or uh, nobody wants to watch it because of China, you know. And I, I I'm not called gung ho for it because why it's over there. But by the same token. The reason why they got it is because nobody else applied, right? I mean, it wasn't like anybody wanted to go there. Uh, you know, that's my comment on that. I mean, I don't know if you, 
you can't uh, if nobody else send an application you can't be but usually Tom I, I'll watch the skiing and they just said the snow is so hard for these uh, these downhill these downhill racers because well, it's all made right and they're not used to it no so it's they say it's a wide open competition well the, the one girl fell twice already right yeah well so the snowboard and of course they got these these two kind of wacky shredders if you want to see something I mean I, I can't order anything at a Starbucks I have no idea what the language is in there you know. <laughs> can I have a tall? Yeah. yeah. So can I have a large or a small, right? <laughs> yeah, I just my only thing is I want a large coffee and be black. And right. And uh so but this listen to these guys. All these wacky jumps all have names. Oh, a double twelve sixty with a fourteen ten like, what is he talking about? <laughs> it never, so but but they're such shredders. No, yesterday I must have said to myself in front of the market, This is nuts. This is nuts. About twenty times yesterday. Well of course these guys, the word is insane. This is insane. This is insane. Right. But this one guy, now this this is the shredder mentality. I don't know what this guy ended up winning or not. The, but he he was everybody else. When you get to the top of that stupid pipe, they they uh, they they gauge how far up you are. Most people are fourteen, fifteen, sixteen feet up in the air, right? Right. This dude's twenty three and a half feet in the air, on top of the side of the pipe. I mean, you're talking way to bleep up there, right? So this guy does, he comes out and he does, he hits his, like his four jumps. Of course, they had a name, even though nobody's ever done it before, they had a name for it, right? How, how they did that, I have no idea. The guy immediately recognized what it was and named the thing. Oh, man, never seen it like it. This guy's like 23 feet in the air. This is insane. He just did a, a double 14 back, 12, 12 and 3 quarter. What? You could write down on a piece of paper, there aren't five people in the world know what the hell the guy just said. <laughs> that is probably true, unless unless you you know unless you're a snowboarder. Yeah, I mean it's about, I mean at least in diving, you could say you know it's a it's a you know two twists and, and two somersaults and you know what the hell they're talking about, right? Right. Um, right. It's a complete. It's their own lingo. Yeah. The. Uh, um, but Kevin but, Kevin says he's calling and he's not he's not getting in. He's trying one of the backup numbers. So maybe, I, I am. I have not seen anything. The board is not letting up yet. All right. Well, you may have to call him. Uh, do you have his number? Leave him a second to try a backup number. It's, it's Kevin. Kevin's calling in first, right? Or Carl? Yeah, Kevin. Then Carl, then Carl after. Right. But uh, but if he doesn't call you, you have to call him because he's having trouble getting in somehow. You're uh, going to have to give me his number. Um, well, that that we could do. Um, yeah. Uh, try. Uh, why shouldn't we give us on the air? Two six nine. No, I don't think you should give it on the air. No. Well, all right. Well, the uh, I think you have it over there. But I, I will send it to you. Yeah, send, send it on my send it on the phone. All right. I don't think I don't think he might appreciate your, the number coming on the air. Of course, who's going to call him? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean who's going to call Kevin for God's sake? So while we're waiting for him, who do you like in the Super Bowl? You know what? I think I like Cincinnati. Maybe I just want him to win. Well, I yeah, I've been well. I follow football, and I believe that I believe I believe I'm in the same situation you are. You kind of like the magic of Cincinnati, but what how the Rams have built their team this year, especially with their defensive line, it, it's I, I think the Rams are going to win this game. I, I just Joe Burrow is going to get just well. That one guy's awful good, that's for sure. But the Rams, you know, my my, my guys last night were convinced that he uh, the Rams are a little uneven. In, uneven in what way? You know, they can be really good one week, and of course, then again, the uh, the. the <laughs> The Bears beat Cincinnati, so <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
So didn't they beat Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl? I think they did too. Yeah. Yeah. So so in that, if you're if you're the conspiracy theorist, that's the that's the or or whatever theorist you are. Uh, well, I definitely am in the in the conspiracy group. Well, we know that, Tom. But only 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 from years I, of observation. Right. When the same people win all the time. I just hope it's a good game. I yeah. I, I really do. I like Joe Burrow. I like I, I you know. As far as Matthew Stafford, they paid him to come there to go to the Super Bowl and paid him to win the Super Bowl. So I think mo- I think most of the pressure is on the Rams to win this game. I think I think Cincinnati will come in a lot more loose than the Rams will, just because of all the people they brought in. They brought in Von Miller. They brought in yeah, that, know, boy, he's been a, he's been a stud, that guy. Yeah, I mean their their defensive line is phenomenal. By the way, you should have his number. I sent to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, Devon Miller, he's been a stud cake. I, uh, All right, take over for a second. Right. And I, and I'll yeah, the uh, boy, the I, I just I just love watching those guys. If any if any if anybody listeners, I'm sure a lot of people have been uh, skiers or you've gone out skiing. And I remember when the uh, the, the snowboarders first started. I mean, it's it, first first of all, it's it's kind of a riot, but it's it absolutely is a way of life. It was I'll start out with the young kids. And they just they just want to be different, and uh, and they are. And it's once once you once you start shredding, you really don't really don't come back. My niece is a, a shredder, and uh, and one of the, the best line ever is I was out to get my truck fixed. I said to the guy, uh, "So are you a skier or a shredder?" And he says, "Well, I've been a skier my whole life. I'm I'm trying the shredding." And I go, "How's that working out?" He goes, "Well, they tell me that after three days, you, you get the hang of it." I said, how's that working? He says, well, I'm after day two. It better be three because I'm bruised everywhere. Because <laughs> you can't, you constantly fall. They, that's when the, that's when the helmets started was in snowboarding because you can't pr- really protect your head. Because when you go down, you just bang your head. So that, there, I don't know anybody who wore a helmet skiing other than maybe, a, you know, a, uh, somebody in the Olympics or something. I don't know anybody who wore a helmet. And all of a sudden it, it went from, Snowboarding into skiing. Well, hey, if those guys are wearing helmets, maybe we all should or something. But uh, do we have Mr. Kevin? We do have Mr. Kevin. Hey, what's up, bud? Hey, well, having trouble with these newfangled telephone thingies that we use for this show. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, we we're just describing you that if if you were a skier, you might be a shredder. Uh, what what would that make me? What would uh, just what a whole would, different how would you describe a shredder? Uh, your brother Tim. <laughs> okay. Tim on the hockey rink is what you're yeah, saying. Well, even though he would be a, he would be a snowboarder, not a skier. Oh, okay. Remember, remember the guy in the the OEX put David a uh, skateboard. Yeah, I remember skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the guy was never a skateboarder. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy, Kevin. He had kind of the the, lo- the long hair that everybody who had a, was a was a skateboarder had the exact same look. So someone he walked in, he must have stood in somebody's spot, and somebody goes. Get out of the way. Go back on your skateboarders. <laughs> Shoved him out of the way. So from that, so he became skateboarder for the rest he, of his uh, was, rest of his uh, years. There? He, he was skateboard forever. Finally, I said, "By the way, is he a good skateboarder?" And the guy goes, "He doesn't need to be a skateboarder his life. Just so we call him." I go, "Okay." <laughs> All right, Kevin. We we pushed it off long enough. What do you make of yesterday's move? And we're we're heading south again here today. Boy, that was the turnaround from hell, eh? Um. How how are you? How would you correlate uh, what the market has done this week and economic news? Um, I was just kind of I kind of opened that subject up with uh, David. I was hoping you'd call him and finish it up with you guys. 
You know, as the week wore on, it's it's starting to get to the point, especially with last week's labor numbers, which I, I absolutely, I mean, I have more questions for Carl this week than I did last week. I don't know where you find a million people that, that somehow aren't there all year, and all of a sudden they just explode onto the stage, and uh, they're all of a sudden they're all working, they're all doing this. I you know I don't I don't have no idea how that does that mean every the previous eleven months were all BS or what? I you know it's I mean these numbers well. The market started acting as if the Fed was going to use, you know, one more line of BS to not do something with these interest rates. And all of a sudden this week, the, the bonds are creeping back up. Stock market is racing up. I mean, there's not even, I mean, it's just, it's, it's out of control to the upside. I mean, every day, three, four days in a row. And, uh, to the point, you know, my positions, I'm usually got my calls and puts where I like everything sort of in the middle while it was not in the middle. I mean, it's, it's pushing the upper end. And I'm going, well, you know, another day of this. You know, we're rolling stuff up like uh, we're, out, we're out a couple of weeks, which we never are. And uh, anyway, so and I'm thinking somehow or another, these guys must think that this this CPI number is going to come in a little a little cold, and they're going to they're going to you know say, well, we're going to give it 125 basis points in March, and we'll see what happens. You know, in an attempt to because right now they're still building the balance sheet. The balance sheet had a new record last week. Uh, so, I mean, as much of what they, they're saying, their actions have been exactly the opposite. They haven't done anything like that. I mean, uh, and so they, so in my heart of hearts, I really thought that they were trying against all odds to maintain the status quo and not really start doing something before the election. So when that number came out yesterday, I'm like, holy bleep. I can't believe that the, that this came out, and, these, and all of a sudden the world is like, "Wait a minute, what's with these guys?" They're, they don't even know. And the number is still, Kevin, is light. It still shows uh, housing not moving. It shows the you know, rent and housing at like four percent increase from last year, and the number should be what fifteen. I mean, it's, I mean it, it's, oh yeah, it's still oh, yeah, new. it's it's still light, and yet you guys yesterday were you know you were diving into uh, um, some of the numbers. You know, maybe maybe it was. Somewhere else that I was listening to it. I don't know. It's well, all it was plenty now. Of but um, you know the, the the food costs as an example. So when when you really start talking about the things that affect everybody, no matter what where you are on the economic spectrum, um, then it isn't seven. It's a much bigger number. You know when you start yeah. getting into the stuff that uh, that normal people have to just do every day and. Uh, and these are the same people who don't buy the um, uh, the low end of the you know, or uh, don't buy expensive cars on a regular basis, or uh, consumer electronics on a regular basis, or anything like that. These are the people that just they have to feed themselves, and uh, and and that's that's a different group. And to them, inflation is runaway. Well, as uh, you know, obviously, I don't I don't have the the, the five kids at home that. They eat like Timberwolves because they're all in sports and everything. I don't, I don't have that, but it always kind of surprised me that out of all the things you own and buy, I mean, if if the price of a house goes up from you know two twenty to three fifty or something, uh, and your mortgage, you know, is is double the last house, or your electric bill or your gas bill, which everybody, I mean, one of the guys here in the building got a four hundred fifty dollar gas bill in a bungalow. I mean. The, the the stuff or God help you if you're writing your your check for your hospitalization or have been to you know had had to go through an emergency room lately and pay, paid for it yourself. It seems like people 
Well, and with the with the high deductibles, you are paying. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, you're, but you're yourself. this stuff is 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 relentless. It's never going to change. Okay, I mean, there's no way that that gas bill two years from now, if it's up twenty percent, is ever going to be lower than it is now. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, and, you know. and I agree with that. That's the other part of the problem. Is it, this is not? Um, you know, there there may be individual line items or uh, individual item prices that uh, that will go back down. But but, but uh, everybody is. But you know, or it take you know, take the price of oil. It goes up. It goes down. Yeah. It you know, it does that, and we see that at the pump where prices will rise and prices will fall, and we may see you know, two dollar gas again at uh, you know, uh, in a few years or something like that. But yeah, but it, that's not that's not what's going to happen with food. But why why is but, it that people, uh, well, that no, nobody nobody bitches basically, and all this other stuff. I mean, I mean, you you have a, people you selected in all these states that know that, especially the Democratic states, no. Well, it doesn't really matter because Trump was doing the same thing. He was he was cheating on the CPI number, not him personally, but the the, the unit out there when he was in charge. I mean, wh- why why is it that that the, that the state of Illinois knows that their their main man, which is Joe Biden, uh, or it was Trump? Is sitting there telling the world that inflation is two and three percent, and how do you how do you approve a twenty percent increase in, in in people's gas bill? I mean, I mean, how do you how do you sit on that committee or vote for that? I, I mean, I, hey, wait a minute, we're telling we're telling people everything's okay. Oh, by the way, here's twenty percent that's never coming. But what I'm saying is the mentality. Well, um, they need it. Yeah, yeah, the, they need it. The, the part of the problem, I I think, is and and I don't know, I can't swear to this, but the, it's it it looks like what they're behavior is dictating is that everybody is looking at the profitability of the gas company or oh, sure. you know, whatever other regulated entity we're talking about and so they're looking at the profitability and saying well they need a rate hike to uh, to maintain a certain um, uh, return on investment fine but that's it, uh, allowing their general and administrative expenses the overhead that is you know out of control expensive and what we really need to do on a regulatory basis is we need to uh, we need to uh, you know base our, our rate approvals on their gross margin uh, rather than their uh, um, their profit their uh, net net income so that um, you know they, it's up it's up to them to control their uh, overhead expenses. Well, don't come to, don't come to me for your bloated overhead to cover your bloated overhead. Just come to me. To uh, you know, to to, to help you out, uh, to help you uh, give you a rate hike based on the ability, your ability to deliver service. Well, Just direct well, let me, right, let me expenses ask on the services. As a, as a as a member of a board where they kind of outweighed me, who's you? As they say from the south side, they've they've come to the use of the world, the ICC people, for 120 years to cover their bloated overhead. And if a if a if a rabid dog in their mind like Kevin O'Neill gets in there for three years, they back off for three years. And as soon as you're out of there, they know they can outlast me. Yeah, no doubt. They don't. They're not. Kevin Edison's not, not going. People's gas isn't going to die. You are. Just saying. Yeah, I understand that. But it, you know, it would be nice if someone at the top level sort of had that recognition that uh, you know that that our part of our problem in the uh, expenses that we foist on people is uh, is bloated overhead and saying I'm not supporting that and there's and it's not uh, it's not hard to uh, to ban
base rates on uh, on margin rather than on uh, on uh, net income. Well, what's You're not the, entitled to a net income. You're entitled to a certain uh, gross margin uh, as as a regulated industry. Well, the, the the argument goes. By the way, my question. I didn't get a chance to finish. Is is why is it that people will essentially ignore all these other rate increases that are just like crushing boulders on their shoulders? And the minute the price of gas goes up because they're staring at the price while they're putting it in their tank, they they, they bitch like a blue streak. Well, well it, it, yeah, that's part of it. But the other part of it is how many gas stations do you pass on the way to work? Well, it's way more competitive than, than, than the gas company. <laughs> right. yeah, but but, but, it, but yeah. what I'm getting at, Tom, is yeah. that it, it's not just that you see it when you pump the gas in your car, but you drive by uh, the, the price of gasoline. You know, I don't know. I must drive by it. 30, 40 times a day. Yeah. Well, um, and so every time it goes up, you notice. Yes. You notice it daily. Uh, gas went up 10 cents today. Oh, you know, shoot. What's yeah. the, uh, you know, what happened today? Um, so it, it's, it, that's, I, I think that's the biggest part of the sensitivity. It is the one price that everybody sees every day many, many times. Well, I'm going to say the average driver with the average vehicle um, probably uses 50 gallons a month. I'm figuring a thousand miles. Most people get uh, 20 miles at a gallon. That's 50 gallons, right? You got a better, better yeah, car. I'll, I'll count on your math. I don't. I, well, I'd, I'd say no, 35, I'd, 40, I'd something like that. Guess. So if it if it goes up a buck, uh, it's 40 bucks. Nobody wants to pay that, right? But it's it's nowhere near the same as a ten thousand dollar. Emergency room visit when they didn't do anything to you. We were not even on the same planet, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but people, you know, again, again you know, you don't see the uh, emergency room bill every day. Well, so you, 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 you get ignore. appalled. You get appalled at that one person at a time, one event at a time, one very one, you know, relatively rare event at a time. Um, whereas uh, with with gasoline prices, you know, you, you get appalled at the gasoline price. Well, if our friend Dr. Blade, he might, hopefully he's going to call in next week because he's still in Florida, I think. Uh, there, 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 there's actually a psychological uh, uh, theory, not a theory, but a, a, a practice when people, they don't assume, well, that's that's Joe. He was dumb enough to play soccer at the age of 85, and he hurt his ankle. He had to go to the, the emergency room. That'll never happen to me. Where gas price, like you say, is right in front of your face. Yeah, whether you need to fill up today or not, yeah, it's there. By and the way, it, it was a you know, and, and it's on a big sign. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right on the corner. Four of them, one on each corner. Well, I was at no, the other night. I was out with my my gang that I kind of hung with, start hanging with on Wednesday night. A bunch of judges and attorneys and stuff. Pretty interesting guys. Uh, probably talk about a different viewpoint of the world about. So I, I wander in, and guess what? Were your ears burning? Guess who's sitting there out of the blue? I haven't seen him in ages. Who's that? Artie Moore. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he was asking about well, you. Next time you're on into him, tell him I said hello. Right. I remember uh, Artie, it, it, he, he owned a uh, bar. No, he was a manager. Did he still do that? He was the manager at Stanley's. And they and So this this is what happened in Chicago just before the pandemic. Stanley's was a pretty popular place. So all of a sudden, you know, they didn't own the building. So, of course, the, uh, the building, you know, this is what happens to anybody who tries to own a, a restaurant or bar in Chicago if you don't own the building. 
the minute you make any money, they raise the rent. You know, so you never get anywhere until you own the place. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty sad. So the guy, of course, they, but they had been there. God, David, how, how long has Stanley's been there? 25 years? I mean, a long time. Yeah, really long so, time. So all of a sudden, the guy jacks the rent up, and they go, hey, screw you. And they, they just close up and go. Well, of course, two months later, the guy comes flying after him. Go, all right, come on. I can't get anybody else. We'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll take your price. And they go, everybody's gone. Everybody's got another job. Get out, get out of our face. Anyway, so, but he managed that place forever. And they used to get all the hockey players that came to town would oppose him. I mean, he, they knew everybody in that place. Uh, but he also does I'm trying to remember the name of the place because there used to be a lot of Notre Dame game watches in there. Uh, no, Stanley. Tied in, Stanley's. Uh, tied into one of the websites where I used to do some writing. So yeah, it was. Uh, I, I go in every once in a while for their events. But uh, the, everybody was uh, one of the, especially Judge uh, Judge Tuman was there, and he's a terrific guy. Uh, he, he's ahead of all. So I was giving him grief about the judges, and we're going to talk a little bit when this uh, is over because uh, after break, because our buddy Dave Murphy. Uh, was saying how the, uh, Southern Cal is, uh, um, you know, they're, 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 they're racking up people on their football team. They could be the best team in the country next year, according to Dave. And then Bill Murphy is a, is a really good, he's a real nice guy. He, but he's a big at Marquette plan. He played football up there when he still had a football team. And he's a, and he loves his basketball team, all these freshmen. So I go, Bill, why don't, why don't you make, you know, Bill Murphy all summer? You could hire all these guys, pay him a hundred grand. And, uh, you know, whatever, have them have a bunch of seminars, and these guys show up in their DePaul uniforms, and that's their likeness they're selling, and everybody's happy. And I was talking to Judge Tuman about how the Supreme Court, do they have any idea that they totally blew up t- Title IX? They blew up, like, everything with this ruling. I mean, I'm not saying oh, the ruling's yeah. wrong. How did they blow up Title IX? Well, well, Bill doesn't have to. Get, I know it's break time, so you have to tell me well, to get back. SP Futures down 350. You're coming back here, and SP Futures down 14. Be right back. Stacks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Mr. Dave Scatina on the board. They've just asked me what the market's doing on the week. We, the spiders ended up last Friday at 448.70. And now we're at 449.16. Uh, so uh, we're up 50 cents. This is a with a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth in the meantime. Right, um, right, right now we got uh, Dow. Um, so Dow futures down sixty three, Nasdaq futures down only five now. They were down a bunch more earlier. As their S and P is only down two, so we're com- creep- we're creeping back here to break even. Uh, at least it's looking like that. But boy, yesterday we were down, David. We went back to even. We were down pretty heavy. We went back to even. Then the, uh, the, the buy the dippers, they had to get bloodied yesterday. Uh, they, I heard that, uh, locals got smoked yesterday, and especially Good. on the bond floor from my buddies. Oh, the dumb dumb bonds had, uh, well, we're gonna talk about that in a second. Um, over in Europe, we've got the, uh, it was the biggest move in the 10 year in like a really long time. DAX down 45 points, uh, point three, FTSE down 54.7, Kek around down 73, that's a full 1%. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei was up 116.4%, Shanghai down 22.7. Hang Seng down 17, call that flat. Uh, again, as a review of lousy yesterday, Dow was down 529, uh, 526, sorry. S&P futures down 83, NASDAQ down 304. Uh, bonds, we're, we're over 2%, and it's done a 10 year, 2.003. Actually down two basis points this morning. The Bund, uh, 26.26. I mean, how many, how many years in almost a decade was I talking about minus 0.4 in the Bund? Well, not minus anymore. Japan uh, positive point two three. We've got oil up a buck twenty one ninety one oh nine. Brand up a buck ninety two forty eight. Natural gas up a penny, but still under four dollars three ninety six. Our bob up a penny two sixty eight. We've got gold down seven bucks, but still eighteen thirty. Uh, but gold, the gold miners, and everybody got trashed yesterday with the interest rates going up. Silver down fifty cents twenty three oh two. Copper down nine cents four fifty six. Uh, and we've got Bitcoin. Down 476, but still at a pretty elevated number compared to two weeks ago, 43,615. Well, that's a lot of stuff, David. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Uh, good morning. It is uh, 635 on this beautiful Friday morning in Chicago. 
Uh, currently, our weather is 41 cloudy, a little misty rain out there. We're going to hit 44 today, so it should, you know, it's going to be a little mild out today, but it'll be cloudy. Phoenix listeners, 50 and clear. They're going to have a beautiful day, 82 and sunny. Traffic, we have normal buildups on on our roadways and expressways. No, no accidents reported at, at this moment. Sports, NFL, Super Bowl Sunday. The Rams are a four-point favorite over Cincinnati. In the NBA, Suns beat Milwaukee 131-107. The Bulls take on the Timberwolves tonight. College hoops, Arizona beat Washington State 72-60. to Arizona State lost to Washington 87-64. Illinois takes on Northwestern this weekend. DePaul at Providence and Notre Dame at Clemson. In the NHL, the Hawks are at the Blues. And Arizona takes on Coyotes. And in the golf, Waste Management, Phoenix Open... And in Scottsdale, is continuing on this weekend. Love that. Phoenix Open in Scottsdale. One of my uh, clients, his son ran the thing years ago. That's the, uh, what do they call those guys? The uh, the, the people that run it? Um, it, it is, I think they, they take pride in the fact that it's the, high, the highest attended golf outing in the country, isn't it? it oh, it's got to be. I don't know if you watched any of it, if you've, if you've seen just the 16th hole's got to have, I don't know how many people on it. They they pride themselves in that. You know what else is up um, pretty close is the uh, one in Ohio, the uh, Nicholas's place Memorial. Nicholas's yeah. uh, um, Memorial tournament. But no, they wanted to, those are the, they're the Thunderbirds, the guys who run the run the Phoenix Open, and they've been doing it for years and years. And one of my clients, his son Andy Jackson, ran it one year. I'm going to say 1990 something, but uh, yeah, I know I know quite a few people out there this year at the tournament. Um, no whiff of baseball. Eh? Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report next week. Yeah, no, no news on baseball right now. They're talking about the uh, having the um, designated hitter universal now, and that probably I don't know when that's going to happen, but that that will happen. Um, I don't know if I like that, but anyway, they're not asking me. Yeah, I, I would prefer the consistency among uh, between the leagues. I agree with you. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's clunky um, in uh, interleague play, and it's clunkier still when it comes to the World Series because it really does it, it puts one team at a serious disadvantage. When you, uh, it, it's you know, if a National League team puts its um, puts in a, an extra hitter into the lineup, um, you know, that's just a bonus for them. But that designated hitter is baked in as an integral part of the lineup for the American League team and when you make them take it out that's you know that that's just a severe disadvantage so I would have uh, agreed you can't with tell you. Them, you can't say you got 162 games where uh, you know where there this is of no consequence other than for you to get a three or four hitter into your lineup and then say oh by the way you can't use your three or four hitter this week uh, you know for the for the grand finale for the championship series well I'm gonna I'm gonna Shove back, not because I have any uh, issue with your with your mentality here, but I'm going to say in this new world of having you know 18 of your players on the on the, on the roster pitchers and everybody else playing five different positions, that the the, the, the Jim Tomey I can only hit. Uh, not that I might love Jim Tomey. Same thing with uh, what's his name, the guy Hall of Famer Frank Thomas. I think that's going the way of the dinosaur anyway. The idea that that's all I do. I, nobody wants a roster spot for anybody. You can only do one thing now. Yeah, I agree. But I think you're going to get I agree. that back. Nevertheless, you're talking about you, you know what your one through nine lineup is because a lot of people use uh, the DH to give, say, the first baseman a day off. True. Um, 
and and you and still hits in the regular spot. Yeah, what I'm saying is is the, is the more you you put the extra pitcher or two on there because you want to have a different pitcher every inning. Uh, the the less I mean, you, you don't even want regular players. You can only want well. There's going to be if you have Ozzy Smith, he's going to play soft or shortstop. That part I get, but but the uh, you still want people. The, the idea of a guy that can only hit, I, I think that that's going the way to Dodo Bird. Unless you unless you are a really incredible hitter, yeah, yeah. And there's well, there's a few of those around, I guess. Hey, uh, um, I was talking about the, the Title Nine stuff. I, I I don't I don't know if uh, if you're kind of feeling the same way. And I said, well, well, just to back up, what we're talking about is the uh, Supreme Court said that the, the the school can no longer essentially own the, the player's likeness, and he was he or she is free to go out and get outside, basically marketing stuff while they're in school and so forth. Yeah, no, that that was that was pretty much decided a long time ago, actually, as part of the O'Bannon case. Remember, we we talked about that at least ten years ago. Well, but it, it finally uh, <clears throat> let's put it this way: nobody really pushed it until the Supreme Court said this. I don't think. Well, the the, the Supreme Court took the shackles off. Well, it, the O'Bannon they, case. They said they said go, and and I don't think it's the Supreme Court's job to do anything other than interpret the law. Uh, when, because, and uh, and maybe I'm preempting you, and I should probably just let you make your point. But um, the, you know, the NCAA has known this was coming for years, and yet got totally caught uh, caught unprepared. I don't. Um, I don't so think there is a. Pre- if anybody's at fault for the chaotic nature of how name uh, NIL rights has been implemented, it's the NCAA. There is nobody else that's not on the. Support. I. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna disagree with that because. The, the, what the Obana case did, again, you know more about this than me, so I'm probably wrong, but the Obana case did was said, I can't, I, the University of whatever it is, can't sell, uh, you know, Dave Scatina's face for the front of a Madden video game without David getting something, or whatever. It basically stopped people from selling other people's stuff. But the, but the Supreme Court is the one that said, wait a minute, anybody can now go out and, that's a lot different than having David go out and sell it himself. Yeah, but th- that's that's lawsuits that have been winding their way through the courts okay, for years too. All right, I understand. I'm not so saying it was, it, it, this this wasn't a big surprise that you know uh, because uh, th- this was the NCAA kept appealing, uh, kept losing. They knew they were going to lose. Uh, you know, it was just a matter of when. And so you know the the Supreme Court isn't you know they can't they can't Supreme Court can't make a decision and say. Uh, by the way, you know, we're going to build a glide path for you and you have to implement this over five years or something like that. They can't do that. They can just say, you know, they can just decide merits of the case. And, and I'm saying that, that, that in this case, that is incredibly short-sighted. Just saying. I mean, I'm, you're right. right. I mean, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying it's very short-sighted. Cause, cause there's, there's all kind, there's other laws that apply to NCAA F- athletics. That all of a sudden have just been blown out of the box in my mind. Right now, the universities have—they've essentially given all control to outside boosters, totally unfettered. Oh, the, the universities actually are seizing control and organizing uh, organizing how this works themselves. Well, but it, I'm it, saying even Notre Dame just hired a guy, but they're they're behind the curve on this. All right, so if 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 PTI was some huge place, and I actually gave a crap whether Notre—I mean, I, I care because our guys. You know, we went there, and and uh, our guys talk about it, and I love talking to you guys. But 
I really don't give a crap whether the basketball, I mean, it doesn't change my day whether the basketball game wins or not. I like watching them. I like Bray. I like some of the guys on the team. I get that part. But I'm, I, I look at it as a nice ex- extracurricular activity like I did when I was hockey when I, when I was there because I knew all the hockey players, so I wouldn't miss a game. I mean, I'm not, but I mean, there are people that are crazed, Kevin. For whatever reason, they, they think there's grows an inch every time their team, their team wins. And I, I've never understood that and, and never will, but, but right now, PTI, I could go out and I, I could go figure out where there's 15 basketball players that don't really like their place. I, I don't have to register as a booster anymore like I used to. I don't have to do any of that stuff. And, and if all of a sudden I went to, you know, Gonzaga and said, hey, aren't you, I was, I was in Spokane once, aren't you tired of eating all you can eat five hour pizza in this, this, this bleepity bleep town? I mean, you know, I, I can bring. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to bring you to solve pen. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, but but, but, but the, the what what Notre Dame has going for it is that it has uh, a nationally known brand. I, my point so is, the, the, it probably it, it, even though the local opportunities are, are limited compared to say USC in Los Angeles, um, it, it, the. Uh, the national opportunities are great uh, for anybody who happens that, that to was, that be was, that wasn't that the point. Level. There aren't very many, by the way, who, who are uh, at the college level who, who could even be um, uh, a national that's, type that's, of spokesman, but there's a few. They, that's not, okay, that's, not, that's not where I'm headed with this. What I'm saying is five years ago, three years ago, I would have to register. If I did that, I would be banned, and Notre Dame would probably pay a fine because I'm some knucklehead out there. Right now, I could go find five of these guys and say, if you transfer to Notre Dame's basketball team next year, you can work for PTI as an intern. I'll get you, you know, the study for it. I'll pay for your Series 7. I'll pay you 30 grand for the summer. I can do all that now, Kevin. Yeah, strangely, Tom, I don't think that's legal. Why? But on the other hand, if Why? you want to make them a spokesman for PTI, well, that's, what I'm saying. that's what you can do. That's what I'm saying. That, but but what, well, you mean I, they can't do something while they're here? I think they can. Well, you can't you can't give me a useless job, but you could probably you know I think you can hire anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I, but uh, but I don't have to hire if I hire five guys, I don't have to hire anybody from the girls team. Or I can hire no. five of the girls. And have five, no, you don't. I'm but saying that would make you you know like the pig of the year. Uh, <laughs> well, if it, there's a lot of guys, and I'll pick a few names from the south that go crazy over Texas A&M football and Texas football that are not about. To, 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 if they, if they grab Texas, five football players in their place, they're not going to care about the women's lacrosse team. I'm just saying. And they're not about, you know, they, they well, the, the women's lacrosse team. And, 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 you know, I, I do, I tend to think that in many ways, some of those lower level teams, that, those are the ones that are going to get some great local opportunities. I, I'm not saying um, that, but, <laughs> but, but you're right. You, uh, but you don't. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily a, a Title IX issue because Title IX pertains to the university's conduct and the opportunities they create for uh, women to compete in athletics. Okay, it, it might. So well, I, I don't know that it. You know, I don't know that it has much to do with Title IX. It does have to do with you know with your company and its hiring practices, and um, and, and there's people that have problems with who they you know their hiring practices. It is I, whether it's related to university or not. So. I don't get the title. Well, you, you, the university, when they spend money on af- athletes, okay, however they spend it, you, you can't tell me that under Title IX, if you gave the the, the basketball players five thousand a month as of as whatever is chump change, you wouldn't be forced to do it to the women's basketball. 
oh, the, they get the same stipends now. I understand that. That's it's exactly my point. But now, if I'm if I'm Mr. Rooter for Oklahoma football, I don't have I don't have to do any of that. I can I can I can, I can sponsor the offensive line. I can do this. I can do that. I don't have to worry about any girls there. Well, the offensive line's got to sell its uh, uh, sell its own self, though. It, it, okay, but it, these okay it, now. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Tom. But you know, the, uh, um, a, a couple of years ago. The athletes who could have uh, could have earned at the time the um, uh, the endorsement money were the Notre Dame women's basketball women uh, players. Hell, Arike uh, um, Ogunbowale between her junior and senior years was on Dancing with the Stars, and she was on uh, uh, you know made a couple of guest appearances on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Um, she was a hot commodity, and and will be again, I would predict. Um, because she's a very good basketball player with a big personality and a and a beautiful smile. So, um, so you know, I'm sure she uh, she will uh, once again uh, regain stardom. But the the point is that uh, you know I I don't think it's as gendered as you think it is, other than the popularity of the sport. Well, whatever, okay, well, forget the gender part. What I'm saying is I I, under, I understand that there's a couple. What about the two? Uh, I was going to say talk about dumb. I was going to say about the two twins. Who are the, the twin sisters that are playing volleyball for, like, Arkansas Little Rock or someplace that are drop-dead gorgeous, and they've got modeling contacts basically out the behind. And they're making... they're making I, I'm, That that part, as I... Again, I was obviously stumbling. That part when we started the conversation, I don't have any problem with, okay? And I know these kids are already starting in high school. What I'm saying is the total control of the recruiting and who gets money and the big sports like football and probably basketball is now totally out of the hands of the university, or or is not totally, but it it could be eighty percent out of the. I mean, they, I could call up Notre Dame and say, <clears throat> "Here's three guys with a bunch of good grades. By the way, they're your new basketball team next year." And then, and don't worry, I, I got great summer jobs for them, and they're, they're, they're whatever. I yeah. I can well, do that. And, and I can never do that before. now. Just just so you know this, what's happening now is that the universities are now. Uh, Taking more control of that process for the athletes, they're serving as the agents essentially. Yes, um, okay, but that, that are setting it up. They're they're hiring people who come in and do that, and that's it, it, there's a lot of potential for abuse in there. But at, at the same time, um, it is uh, they're they're the people most likely to act in the best interest of the athletes, or is the, he, in the interest of the athletes. Is this, so yeah. it's probably a good thing that they're doing it on balance. Um, it's just all, you know, it, it's, it, it's unseemly by historical standards that we, we just, we aren't used to it working this way in college and it's, it, it's very uncomfortable and I don't know if it's gonna w- shake out as a good thing or a bad thing or what. I, I, I just don't have a feeling for that. Um, I, I do know that the players have never had a good deal from an employment. I understand that part. Okay. All I'm saying is that I, I don't believe, and I agree with you, that the Supreme Court rules only on law, but those, I won't say anything bad, that group, who may be in the limousine or not, they they need to understand, Kevin, I think, when you say something like that, it's, maybe it's not their responsibility, they need to understand that for 50 years, I couldn't give a kid a dime, I had real trouble hiring somebody, I had to register if I did anything like that, and it just as an alumnus, I'm considered a booster. Okay, that, I'm not saying that was right or anything like that. What I'm saying is 
The change is now I can do whatever I damn well please with my checkbook, which is a big change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Don't have to register. Correct. You know, so I'm saying it's it's a it's a huge change. And it's a huge change, and it's going to be. Uh, it's almost predictable uh, completely. It's going to be to the detriment of many of the athletic programs. I think this is going to just be one more step in the um, you know the the large football schools going off on their own. More than they already have. More than they already have. Yep. That that they they they're they're just going to step out from under the uh, governance of the NCAA. The only question is. Will they take basketball and all the other sports with them or uh, inform their own association, or will they um, just say football only is... You know, uh, be, you know, know predicted the, that? 60 to 65 teams are going to just go off on their own for football. You know who predicted that? I'm going to say, <clears throat> I'm going to take a stab at this, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, was Rick Tellender. For those who don't know who Rick Tellender is, he's a... He's, he's, He's got to be retired by now, but he was a writer for the Sun Times, and, and he was on the uh, Sports Writers on TV show forever. Yeah, uh, wrote a book called The Hundred Yard Lie. Yeah, well, then in the, the last chapter, where something where the question was, "What would you do?" He said, "The big universities for football should just have just be what they are. They're, they're going to be a, a college sponsored professional team, and should be." Which has nothing to do with the university. You don't have to go to class. You don't have to do anything. If, if, if Illinois, if Notre Dame want to do that, let them do it. And the rest of the universities just have have it like in, like it's supposed to be. Kids show up. They want to play football. They go out for the team. They play some other schools the same way. Have a totally two-level deal. Just say it's professional football. Now, uh, why? Yeah, and he, he went on to say, though, that part of the construct, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, was that um, the... The athletes would get for every year they play, you know, aside from their competition, they would get a year of college to use whenever they wanted to use it. Uh, so, you know, if, if you weren't um, if you weren't ready to be a serious student at age eighteen, but maybe when your football playing days were over, which could be at age twenty five or could be at age thirty five. Um, if you wanted to go back, you, you know your scholarship was still good then. Why even? Why even have the absurd tie-in with education? Just make it a professional team. It, it, because it's run by a university. And, okay. And it's, hey, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, if, if, as part of the comp, that you know, I, I think uh, that would encourage people to uh, finish up their schooling to do what Jerome Bettis is doing. You know, Jerome Bettis is back on campus finishing his degree this year. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if he, does he still fit in a desk? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. He's got to be a pretty big uh, guy. They, they don't have desks anymore, so, you know, it's it's these uh, auditorium-style rooms. I teach a class over there now. And, oh, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty neatly equipped from a technology standpoint. Well, the, you know, the, the guys in the training floor, they're always great lines. Uh, I think NCAA football and basketball is right, is right where they say in the training floor, Kevin. We don't know where we're going, but we're well on our way. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know I think that's what happened uh, with the NCAA, and it's their own fault. That they, they, they were in a position to see this coming and to make and to do some planning, and instead they got a court ruling and said, "Yeah, 
I don't know what we're doing. Uh, have at it, everybody. I don't have any rules. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's no organization to it. And I think that's kind of a, it's kind of a shame. Some, uh, some schools seize the moment and, uh, and, and got things organized and others are lagging behind. But I think they're all starting to figure out right now that somebody has to represent these athletes and make sure, um, that, uh, you don't have people taking it. Well, when you, when you have a, you know, and once in a while, you know, we take a shot at, I'm going to say the finest document ever put together has to be the U.S. Constitution. But it has some weaknesses over 200 and some years, and there's been some amendments. And in my opinion, Kevin, every, certainly in Illinois, the Illinois Constitution, the, the state, whatever it is, what's it, a city charter, I don't call it a constitution, and the U.S. Constitution all need redo at this point. I really, I really believe that. And it's, not that everything in there is wrong, most everything in there is right. But the the idea of the separation of church and state, you know, I get it that if you've got a church somewhere, you don't want it to be taxed in it because you could basically screw with them. I, I get that part. But when you get from the church to all of a sudden there's a school that doesn't get any public money, even though they're doing a public service, not so sure about that. And, oh, by the way, if the school has a car wash that looks like everybody else's car wash, and is making money, why that should be tax-free, I have no idea. And now we've come to the point where we've got a professional football team charging 150 bucks a ticket, and the state of Indiana doesn't get any taxes, South Bend doesn't get any taxes. I mean, th- that's insanity. How, how do you get from the, the one-room church to a 80,000, 100,000-person stadium where you're making more money than the Bears, for God's sake? I mean, it, and then all of a sudden this is tax-free? I mean, we're out of our minds, Kevin, I think. Yeah, well, and uh, I, I think the tax code could easily be amended without um, violating the Constitution as it exists now. Um, oh, boy. Separate out uh, um, the uh, the business of uh, ministry and the business of uh, fund making money playing football. I, I don't think that would be, I, I don't think that would be hard. I don't think, I think it would stand up uh, to uh, constitutional muster, and I, I think that would be fine. The, the, the thing is, the, the thing that would scare me is that one of the best things about the United States Constitution is that it's such a minimalist document um, that it lays out the principles very well, and it's too bad we don't adhere to them, but it lays out the principles very well in a very small, uh, it takes up a small amount of space, and you know darn well if we had a constitutional convention that the thing would be about 16,000 pages long. Uh, uh, don't disagree. I just version, and and that that is that frightens me. <laughs> but they were it was put together at a time where people, and I don't I don't think people ever change. I mean, I, the reason why I guess I believe that is I ducked my way out of my third year of third year of uh, Italian at uh, Notre Dame and read Greek tragedies for half a year. Uh, boy, the same thing happened two thousand years ago or uh, three thousand years ago is happening now. People people are the same and. Uh, but the, the the idea with that being is a bunch of people got together who, let's say some of them were crooks, smugglers, whatever. They knew everything bad about people and everything good. So they put together a piece of paper or several pieces of paper that said, this guy gets to check this guy, this guy gets to check this guy. And oh, by the way, there's been an awful lot of people here, and it's really pretty hard for somebody to control that many people because guess what? We only lived to 50, which they probably did in those days, or 60. And it's pretty hard for the guy in Indiana or even wasn't in Indiana, the guy in, in New Hampshire to screw with the guy in South Carolina. We just can't, you can't get there by horseback that quick. This is good enough. Well, now it's not good enough because somebody else has decided 
a corporation that never dies is a is a real person, which they aren't. And all of a sudden now you get to you get to be there for 150 years, and you can buy off everybody in count in Congress. You couldn't do that back then. So somehow or another, that has to be addressed, Kevin. I think because it's happening. It has to been happening. I mean, uh, this this fiasco with Pfizer and these drugs. I don't. I think to a certain extent they've helped a lot of people, but they they're way too far in control, don't you think? I I agree, and uh, and and I think there uh, there needs to be a, a more separation. Uh, between um, corporate, corporate corporations, unions, government—you know, e- any of these large entities—and we we do have to figure out a way to get there. Um, nevertheless, the principles behind the U.S. Constitution, as it stands now, uh, I think are timeless. And oh, so do I. Um, so do I. I would be very afraid, especially when you have seen politicians' inclination to grab power. That uh, I, I would be very afraid of what the new constitution would look like. I don't know that it would be any better. I, we're probably, well, and we, I, I'm pretty sure it would be worse. Um, well, we, we we have plenty of time to talk about this because it's not going to happen. Futures down eleven. <laughs> yeah, we got it nailed. Nasdaq <laughs> <laughs> futures down forty. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. We'll talk about this market, the labor numbers. I still have number uh, I mean, crazy thoughts on, and and uh, and also the uh, numbers yesterday. We'll be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Dave Scatina on the board. SP Futures down 11. NASDAQ Futures down 40. Uh, crazy day. Every time we seem like we're making a run up, it's a uh, it's a sell the to sell the rip here more, David, than buy the dip the last few days, eh? Yeah, that's. I agree with you. Carl, what's up, buddy? 
Well, you know, uh, yeah, I think so. And um, well, yeah, <laughs> the uh, the inflation thing. Uh, boy, yesterday was interesting, eh? Um, I, you know what, Carl? These guys, they're even more, they're even surprising me more than I'm normally surprised. The action of the market in the last five days, I would have, I would have, you know, I would have bet you one dollar, Mortimer, that somehow or another they had a, a, a read on a, on a light number yesterday. And we're going to say, see, it's really transitory. And once we get the supply chain stuff figured out, uh, everything will be okay. And, uh, and, and we're going to just give us, a, you know, the one shot in March, 25 basis points. And, and by the way, we're going to wait and see how that happens. And we're going to try and mitigate all this stuff. I was stunned when it was just the opposite. And the market just looked, took one look at it. And then that board guy comes out and says, what are you talking about? We're talking, of course, he's, he's the only one there, I believe. He's the only one I think that's ever, read a monitor's book, the rest of them, I don't know what they're talking about. And he comes out and said, you know, what are we doing? We're, we're way oversubscribed on this money. We gotta, we gotta start talking halves. All of a sudden everybody's gonna like gulps. Hey, maybe they actually are serious and look what happened. It might be. Well, uh, you know, the thing is, I mean, in a sane world, that CPI release would have been followed by an emergency 50 bips rate hike. Yep. Or even an emergency 100 bips rate hike. And an instant order to the New York Fed desk to shut down the asset purchases and start letting them run off. What um, What do you think? And currently, I mean, uh, of course, if you do that, your runoff's going to get a lot slower because people are not going to be refinancing, correct? But what do you think just the runoff is on a monthly basis? I I, I don't have a guess. You know, I'd have to look. Uh, the, the data is actually out there because the, you know, the New York Fed desk publishes all of this in terms of what's reinvested and, you know, and that stuff. Um, but the, the thing is, is that we're not even there at this point. I mean, they, they, what I don't understand about all the people that are running around with their hair on fire right now is that as things stand today, the balance sheet is still being expanded. Correct. Record last week, by the way. Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's the data, okay? Now, the problem with this is we all know, because we've all seen this, you know, a dozen times over the years, that whatever you do monetarily takes about a year to 18 months before it actually translates into the economy. And that's just how it is. I, I, don't, I don't care what people want it to be. That's how it is. And so what you have right now, what you're seeing in the inflation data today, is all Trump. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely none of, and and Biden, by the way, has made it worse. But absolutely none of what Biden has done is in prices at this point. None of it. Now, it may be in stock market prices, it may be in housing prices, but it is not in the inflation data. It is not in the CPI. But it's going to be in the CPI because you can't do anything about the stupidity of what these people have done. And it, and it, it is not just the administration. It, you know, it, it, I mean, there's, I went to fill the gas tank up the other day and, you know, the stickers, you know, I did that with the, you know, the finger. They're, they're showing up everywhere now. They're, they're literally on every gas pump around here. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, okay, fine. You finally woke up. Um, but they're all Biden's face. Of course, there's, you know, there, there's no Trump face stuff. 
the the problem that you have is that this is anyone that thinks that what's going on in Canada right now is just simply about vaccine mandates is out of their mind. Uh, that was my number one question for you. Uh, after we digest the labor numbers a more from last week, because I still can't figure out where a million people came from. But what I was going to ask you: Do you have any? I you know I was a, I went to Toronto a couple times to see the stadium, and I went to see some people for business. But I'm not. I, I really don't pay all that much attention to what's going on up there. I mean, I like it up there, but I don't. The, the first thing that started to happen at the, the at the this, this, the trucker protests and stuff, I felt like saying, "Oh wait a minute, who, who do I have on the show?" They could tell me what's really going on. It has, this has this has nothing to do with masks, except well, for the fact. It's, it, so it, it it has to do with unitary executive actions. Well, does it have anything so, to do with uh, that? You uh, one thing that will piss off the Canadian more than anything else is not being able to go see his Maple Leafs, and there's only a thousand people at the Maple Leaf Garden, and I got to believe that's pissing them off more than the mask. Well, it's it's, but it's also remember part of this is is indeed that Trudeau has said you want to come into this country you have to be vaccinated, okay? Period. That uh, that along with, by the way, which was coordinated with the Biden administration on the trucking side, okay? Because you have people remember that throughout the first two years of this thing. Transport for commercial purposes was exempt from all of the shutdowns. So if you wanted to come in here to the United States legally as a Mexican citizen, you wanted to come across the American border legally as a Mexican citizen, you could not do it. But if you were a trucker bringing a load of avocados or whatever, uh, that's fine. Okay. The the same thing has been true between Canada and the United States. You have not been able, as an American, irrespective of your status, to go across that Canadian border for ordinary purposes. Okay, I mean, I you know, I I, I used to do it all the time, and and a couple of years ago, I went and did it again, just for the simple purpose of dropping money over there and enjoying the sightseeing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you could not do that. Period. End of discussion. It's closed. Borders closed for tourism and ordinary, you know, non-essential purposes. But if you're a trucker, and because we have the auto manufacturers have part, have factories on both sides of the border, if you're a trucker, no problem. Go on right through. Then Trudeau and Biden both coordinate. You want to cross that border as for essential purposes, for economic purposes, you have to be death stabbed. Okay. There's a substantial percentage of people on both sides of the border in that business who have said, no, we're not doing it, we don't believe it's safe, or we've already had the disease, we see no reason to do it. Whatever the reason is, it doesn't really make any difference. All of a sudden you have this, uh, do this or else. And it didn't come from elected representatives in the United States. We still haven't had a single one of these things that has actually been passed through Congress. Not one. Okay, it's been done on a year, and, and by the way, they haven't been done, here's the other thing. The only thing that's been done through state legislatures in the U.S. is banning these mandates. So the state of Tennessee passed a law, uh, it was reported out as uh, CC092, uh, CC9002, I'm sorry, um, and CC9002, uh, which was House Bill 9, uh, 9077, or 9077, 
uh, restricted the executive's ability to do a number of these things. All right? Didn't ban a lot of them, but a lot of people say it did. It, there's enough car routes in there that you could drive a Mack truck through them. But the fact is, is that in a representative republic, these decisions are not supposed to be made by the executive. Yes, I understand there's emergency powers because there's a tornado and there's no warning and you don't have time to convene the legislature and have a debate, da da da. Two years into this, that's a BS argument. Oh, sure. I don't care yeah. which side of this you're on. So I think what you're seeing here is, is really more of this, you know, this, this became a political thing and you have, uh, when you put extreme political power in the hands of one person, you get results that a significant number of people uh, disagree with and it pisses them off. But there, and that's what you're seeing to start with. But there's another, there's a lesson in here, Chief, and, and I think it's probably the most important aspect of it. And that is, we have all been told and scolded for years that we live in a democracy. We do not. No, we don't. Okay, we never, we live in, this is a representative republic. This is not a democracy. People claim it's a democracy are lying. They know they're lying. We hear it from both parties, from the Republicans and the Democrats. They know that's BS. This is a representative republic. I, I don't know exactly how you describe Canada, but I think you probably describe their political system similarly. Uh, you know, they've got a parliamentarian. Parliamentary well, that was my question. Is there what we've got? Is there, that was my question. Since our the uh, the news, however you want to uh, ascribe it being concentrated or controlled, whatever you. Whatever you want to say about it, I, I you know I, I don't know enough about it. I mean, you and Kevin and uh, and Lou and everybody take more interest in who the individual people are that are writing it. But I'm just going to go off here on a little bit of a tangent, Carl. But I promise, come right back. Is the thing that, that I'm, I'm pissed off. Well, have been now for three or four years. It hasn't helped that Al Jazeera U.S. closed up shop. Not because I I, I, I like the editor and <laughs> like the editor. People own the damn place. It was the only place I could go online. I'm sure there's other places that you guys, you know, could tell me about. The only place I'd go online and find out what's happening today in in Turkey or some other place. That you know, I mean, is there some big demonstration there? Are they? What are they? Otherwise, something rises to the top for like a day or two, and it's gone. I mean, so I, I guess my question that I was anxious to have you on, I should have brought up with Kevin, but I don't think he's much of a was up to Canada much. Is is there is is there something up there that's been percolating like? In inflation or the healthcare system or something that's got everybody all pissed off that all of a sudden this is just a flashpoint. Well, there's a lot of things that have been going on up there for a long time, just like there are here. Okay, I mean back back in the time of the of the crash, you know, the 08 time frame, um, the Putin News Network used to have me on as a guest on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, of course, that's RT. And uh, they had a, a very beautiful anchor uh, by the name of Lord Lister, who was also extraordinarily sharp, very bright lady. She now works at, uh, for Yahoo News and uh, got polluted and isn't so much fun anymore. So she was smart enough uh, that when you said, how about a beer, she said, no way. Well, you know, way way too young, and uh, but, but oh, boy, man. oh boy, you know, I certainly didn't have any problem appearing on her show, okay? But... Uh, <laughs> The interesting thing is, is that unlike the American media, and I don't care which outlet you're talking about, she would ask a question, and then you got to answer it. Whoa! And and it, it, that was that was the pattern. 
was that and and you know what is is Putin the one who is putatively in charge of uh, well, well yes duh uh, if if you show up on their show you know full well that that's the case that there's going to be a slant there but you know the interesting thing is I went after him several times and I got invited back really. I actually went after him. I said, "Yeah, what he's doing is with this particular thing, because you know, when this was all going on, this was this was also when all the all the nonsense with Crimea and the Ukraine was heating up." And I pointed out that uh, the idea that we could go over there and we could tamper in their electoral process was effing stupid because they have a twelve-month warm water port there, which they are never going to give up. It is a military asset. That is never going to go away, and if you think you are, you can make it go away, you're asking to get nuked, and maybe we should because it'd be exactly like the Russians coming up with some deal where we blockade San Diego and you know in Newport News. Right? I mean, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's exactly the same sort of thing. We would never allow that to happen. We would blow anyone to Mars that tried it, and you know that's what we were doing. Well, but I also pointed out though that. The you know the stuff that was going on with the Chechens and everything was was flat out insane, and he was crazy to get involved in this because he had no, there's no way to win. So, you know how many times do you got to get spanked? You, didn't you learn this in Afghanistan? Yeah. It, and you know, and I, I I was rather forceful about it. And you know what? They still called and asked me to come on again. Well, you do something like that over here in the United States. I'm on every every single mainstream media list. I'm blackball on all of them because I went after the bankers during the 0809 time period. Oh yeah, well the bankers are way more powerful than politicians. You should know that. Well, you know what? So so Laura Ingram tried to book me about seven or eight months ago on some of this COVID related stuff, and she was told by the producers that she could not do it. That doesn't surprise me. Hey, uh, and I and I know that because I have moles inside the organization that that got a hold of me and told me that she had attempted to book me and was told no. I'm, I think I'm kind of been banned on a couple of stations here in Chicago because um, they're they were uh, you know way, way, well they're very very liberal which I don't have a problem with honestly but they uh, I think the stuff I was talking about the uh, money supplies and how them taking taking the, the numbers away from us and everything is a is a really horrible thing to do, and it doesn't happen in a democracy. I think I appalled people with that. We, we, we're going to stop giving you the numbers. We don't want you to see them. I mean, it's hey. Before we, I have a quick, the quick question. Uh, only you would know the answer. What is this, the the new company that's coming up with the with the the new uh, vaccine? It's the old protein based. Uh, they're a little late with it, but is that, in your opinion, going to be any better? No, and it isn't. It be, be careful here. That's Novavax. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it isn't a traditional vaccine. All right. Uh, there, there's a, boy, the sleight of hand that's gone on during this entire thing is it, just astounding. Every, everybody is using a different mechanism to to essentially do the same sort of thing. We are we are getting more and more information as time goes on about how crazy this entire path has been over time. Do you, do you know that not one single jab of mRNA-based vaccines has been given to a single person in the country of China? Really? They bought some, I, I don't remember how many it was, but it was, it was you know, 10 million or something. It was a fairly substantial number of doses from Pfizer. 
Not one of them has actually been administered to a person in that country. Why? They won't allow them in their nation. What are they using? Their own, which is a which is a traditional inactivated protein. Wasn't well, that what? And I don't uh, think it, well, and I don't think it works very well. Okay, so I mean, this is why you're still seeing these situations where you know they have three cases and all of a sudden they lock an entire city down. Wasn't well, this one? Uh, uh, isn't this one supposed to be a protein based too? Well, except it really there's there's still slight of hand going on with how it happens. You know, they said the same thing about J and J, but J and J is a viral vector. So the the problem with all of this is the whole the whole concept behind this is, you know, we have the flu vaccine that really is rather poor in terms of its coverage because you have to guess which strains to put in it six months before you actually start giving it to people, and if you guess wrong, it doesn't do anything. Okay. But that is grown in eggs and then has to be processed and, you know, whatever. It, it takes quite a bit of time to do this. This is the basic problem with a actual biological product like that in that you, you grow the actual antigen that you're going to use, what you're going to introduce into the body, in something else, and then you extract it and purify it and process it. Whatever. All, of these, all of these attempts essentially through some mechanism trick your cells into making that material that is then recognized as foreign and the problem with doing that is that your body of course does not like the idea of foreign things being in it and tries to stop that and tries to destroy them so they have to come up with ways to trick your system trick your immune system into not instantaneously attacking it it's the same problem you have if you get a transplant you you get a transplant, your body knows that that's not your kidney, okay, and and tries to destroy it. So you end up having to take these anti-rejection medications and everything to stop that from happening. Well, this is the same sort of thing. So they have to engineer all of these things to try to prevent your body from doing that. The problem with, with that is, okay, so let's say that they do succeed in doing that. Well, then how does your body ever clear this thing after it's it's done whatever it wants to do? Well, that's a little bit of a problem. You know, uh, here's a trivia question that I believe I know the answer. Where was the first transplant in this country done? Oh, I don't remember that one. I should, but I don't. And it it, it didn't work out so well, yeah, just for the reasons you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's, you know, this is this is basically, I mean, we we went down a foolish road, okay? And we are we are now paying for it. And we're going to continue to pay for it. Uh, it takes years to find out what a drug will do. All drugs have risk. There's a, there's a reason that if you're pregnant, the doc will tell you you shouldn't even take an aspirin without a really good reason to do it. Because even though we think we understand what that drug does, we, we're not 100% sure, and there's this very rapidly dividing, growing thing inside of you that might be impacted by it. And if it is, very bad things could happen because that is when the largest number of doublings happen. But while you were in the womb, there is more expansion from obviously from one cell to you know what you have with the baby when the baby is born. There are more doublings that occur in terms of expression of that growth than happen during the entire rest of your life. Oh yeah, pretty, I would, and I would so I would well, that. and so if you screw something up at that point, you t- you got a big problem. 
Well, so you you don't think there's any that, that's well? Didn't I read yesterday? Janssen Janssen uh, is going to stop making the vaccine. Yeah, they shut the factory down. Um, now the the press release says we have enough doses that we have made and in storage to fulfill all of our contracts. But what this essentially is is an admission that uh, producing any more of it would be stupid. That and, and by the way, we've known that for over a year too. Because by the time the first jab went into the first arm, the actual virus that we fashioned the these shots on didn't exist in the wild anymore. It had mutated beyond that, and that has always been the problem with coronaviruses: is they mutate too fast. It's the same reason you can't get a, a vaccine for HIV that works. Every time that you try. The, the virus gets around it because it mutates too rapidly. And the same thing is true for coronaviruses. And we have known this for decades. We've tried to do this in beasts. We, we tried to do it in cats. We tried to do it in other animals. We tried to do it in humans. We tried to produce one for, for SARS. When SARS was first going around, we tried to come up with a vaccine. They were doing animal testing on it, and it killed every single ferret that they gave it to. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we know the history on this, and, and all of a sudden... We're supposed to believe that, oh, God has shown light upon us. We've solved all the problems yeah. all at once in the space of three months. Uh, yeah, pull the other one, guys. What? Um, so we just, by the way, we just, we just turned positive on the uh, well, unchanged. Now we were turned positive on the S and P's, but I see that. What? Uh, now that you've had a week to reflect on it, we don't have much time here before break. But now that you've had a week to reflect on it. What do you what do you make of those labor numbers last week with the, all those people showing up out of nowhere? You know, I <laughs> so I wonder. So so this correction comes every year, okay? In January, the January report. And it's one of the reasons that I've I've said you know we're going to get you know we're going to get it in January like we always do. That data that data set the source is the ACS. Okay, that's if you trace everything back to where it comes from, which is done every year by the Census Bureau. If if you've ever gotten that crazy long form thing, not necessarily on a census year because they send it out every year, that's where that data set comes from. Okay, and and that that by the way is one. I mean, there's all kinds of you know if you don't fill this out, you're going to go to jail. It, it's, that's a load of BS. There's absolutely no commanding legal authority that says that you have to reply to it. But people do because there's you know there's all this threatening language in there. And and it's extraordinarily intrusive. That the level of questions that are asked in there is nuts. But this is where the Census Bureau gets their statistical data off year. Okay, otherwise all they get is a count, you know, once every ten years, right? I think that's uh so this was, I asked you I'm gonna say two, three years ago, I think I remember asking you on the air, because I got one and I I filled yeah. it out and you're right it's 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 about as intrusive as you could get. I mean, it's a I minute, mean, and I, I, I said, you know what? I, I never do anything like this. One time, I will, and I did. And I remember you telling me I was sort of nuts for doing it. But, but I mean, it's, it, it's probably the only way they can get anything decent. But they they ask you everything: where you went to school, where you used to live. I mean, uh, you know how much money you're making. How many? I mean, it's it's very. I mean, it's not even it's not even like a census form. It's it's way worse than that. Oh, it's it's unbelievably intrusive. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's nuts. But this is but this is where the Census Bureau's statistical data, not the not from apportionment, but their statistical data. This is the source data. This is a source sampling, and it's a and, and from a sampling point of view, it's a it's you know, it's a very small percentage. 
All right, so the odds are, you know, you might get banged on it, you know, once in your adult life, right, where, you, where it shows up in your mailbox. Uh, but, you know, with very large numbers, you you know, you don't need a huge sample to get a, a decent statistical, uh, you know, set of, of data. And that's what they use. But uh, but this is, what I don't understand is this. I, I don't believe these, I don't believe what we're, I've, I've called the BLS the Bureau of Lies and Scams for 20 years. <laughs> All right. And, and it's just because so much of what's in there is, is sample-based. It is subject to all kinds of bias. I don't care whether they try to control for it or not. The fact of the matter is, is that they, that the rules are set in such a way as to produce data that cannot be statistically trusted. It's the same thing that the OMB does. The OMB scores a bill that's going through Congress and says it's going to have this impact on the deficit, okay? The OMB is required under the law to assume that any tax change or any policy change that has a sunset clause in it for, you know, you're, you're going to get this tax credit for the next three years and it's going to go away, is required to assume that those sunsets will occur. Which they, they won't be extended. Which they never do. And yet, and yet that never happens, Chief. You, yeah, you and I know both know that, right? Yeah. Never happens, and yet they are required. So, if you want to know why, every time you have something in Congress that says we're doing this, uh, you know, and, and this is only for the next six months or the next year, that's the reason. It is specifically to gain the OMB scoring. But how do they? How do they? We'll talk about this more after the break. How 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 good do they think their data was? The reason why I, I was dying to have you on that, I always am, but I. Today more than anything, I have my list of questions. Um, I just lob one out there. One of it, David, is this? Uh, is, what what district are you in, uh, representative? What you mean here? No, I was asking David uh, uh, if he was. I don't know if he's listening, but the uh, Audrey's she likes the guy a lot. He's a Orland mayor, and he essentially was telling the governor they they never closed any of the restaurants. I mean, and if you want to put a, a tent in a parking lot. You didn't need a permit. You just said, go for it. Just keep your business going. We need the tax money. We need the business. Anyway, a lot right. of people really like the guy. I've never met him. But he's not, he's running for representative in the sixth district. Well, they just reapportioned all the districts. And I guess we come back from break. I, I, want, I want you to tell me how, how good and how detailed are the numbers. Even if you wanted to do a good job, how, how the hell would you even do it? But SP Futures down 150, NSA Futures down 475. Not that they want to do a good job. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who
who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Stocks and Jocks. I'm tomorrow. Mr. Dave on the board. SP Futures down one. NZF Futures down 175. We're up, we're all over the place. We've been mostly down though since last night. Every time we nudge to the, the plus, we're, well, like I say, we're pretty much unchanged. Dow Futures are only down nine individual stocks in the Dow. I don't really have anything doing anything here of any, any consequence. Matter of fact, nobody's up or down over a buck, which is very rare. I got Nike down 46 cents, Salesforce down, wait a minute, United Health's down 147. I misspoke. There you go. Walmart up 67 cents. Say nothing much going on there. Over in, uh, in, uh, Europe, as soon as I get my page up here, uh, DAX down 51.3%, FTSE down 48.6%, CAC around down 69, that's a full percent. Uh, those guys are actually down a little more than the last time I did this, even though we've come back. Nikkei up 116, that's 0.4%, Shanghai down 22.7%, Hang Seng down 17, call that flat. Uh, yesterday, big day to the downside, after we were up, uh, the number came out, that wasn't so good, but then when Bullard spoke, uh, we, we really crapped out. I mean, it just dropped like a rack. Well, we were, the spools were down 100 points at 10 to 3 before they came back, being only down like 85 on the day, but still it was a rough one. Dow was down 526, S&P down 83, that's almost 2%, and the NASDAQ down 304, which was 2%, 2.1% actually. And the Russell was down 32. Bonds, after a big run-up yesterday, are actually down a couple base points today to exactly 2%. I uh, never thought they'd get there, boy. Uh, Bun, uh, 0.26. Uh, Japan, 0.23. Again, way above zero when they, they weren't always. Oil up a dollar 36 cents, 91.24. Brent up a dollar eight, 92.49. Natural gas down three cents, 392. Arbob up two cents, 269. We're 
That's one of the topics for Carl this next half hour. Gold down 670, but still 1830. Silver down 50 cents as it violently runs from 2180 to 2320 and never breaks out. It's, it's crazy. Uh, make that 2350. Copper down a whole dime, 455. And we have crypto down 379. That's a Bitcoin. Uh, it's 43,712. David, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Uh, 7.35 in beautiful Chicago, 41 and cloudy, a little misty out there right now. We could hit 45 today before we plunge down into the teens this evening. Phoenix, it's uh, 50 and clear. They're going to have a beautiful day, 82 and sunny. Traffic uh, traffic buildup is getting pretty heavy right now on all the major highways. I do have one tra- uh, accident to report on the Eisenhower West before Thorndale Avenue. There's a... Jackknife semi and two left lanes are blocked, so be careful out there. Sports, NFL, Super Bowl Sunday. Rams a four-point favorite over Cincinnati. NBA, Suns beat Milwaukee 131-107. to 107. The Bulls take on the Timberwolves tonight. College hoops, Arizona beat Washington State 72-60. to 60. Arizona drops one to Washington 87-64. to 64. This weekend, Illinois takes on Northwestern, DePaul at Providence, and Notre Dame at Clemson. In the NHL, the Hawks are at the blue, and uh, Arizona takes on the Coyotes this weekend. In golf, the Waste Management Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale this weekend continues. Back to you, Chief. Um, so here you have it, Carl. You wonder why we're, we're creeping to the upside here? Here we go. Here's the article. Uh, Fed is likely to still take a measured approach to raise hikes despite calls for bigger action. There you go. Here's the reason that I would not be on that side of the trade. <laughs> the, the Fed doesn't care what the actual rate of inflation is. What the Fed cares about is what you think it's going to be tomorrow. Which is insane, by the way. Well, but, but that's what they care about, okay? And the reason they care about that is because everybody loves inflation when it's in stock prices, and, and even though they're stupid, they love it when it's in houses. Right. Okay? I mean, that's dumb because, you know, let's face it, what, what is based upon the value of your house? Well, your property tax bill, right? So, the, it's, it's crazy because the only people I mean, if you sell a bubble house and buy a bubble house, you've gained or lost nothing. You've overpaid for the new one, and you got overpaid for the old one. And it's uh, you know, it's kind of like trading back and forth in uh, in stocks that are both ridiculously overvalued. You're you, you're not finding something that you think is a better deal. You're just swapping assets from one to another. And we all need somewhere to live. So the only way to to win that game, if you already own a house, is to die. And then um, oh, by the way, it's your heirs that get to you know get the win, not you. Well, so, yeah. So I mean, I and I've maintained that for a long time. But the but the Fed is is looking at this from the standpoint of what do you expect is going to happen tomorrow? And the reason for it is this: if you remember during the nineteen seventies and early nineteen eighties, when when things got out of hand and Volcker came in and stomped on it, what most people don't. I don't know if they blanked it from their consciousness and they didn't pay attention to it when they when they were reading the history of this. You, you know, Burns, who was in front of him, right, he was a previous guy, was actually physically assaulted by Nixon in the Oval Office. Um, well, how do you, along that same line, if you were to interview 100 people today at various bars and restaurants, I would say libraries, 
uh, but I gotta wear a mask in the library. Uh, I'm gonna say that if you say well, who's, who owned the old inflation, every single one of them is gonna say Jimmy Carter, and that is absolutely not true. Absolutely. Jimmy Carter had nothing to do with it. By the time Carter was in office, it had already been done. Nixon was the one with the wage and price, price controls, and remember the, uh, on the trading floor we wore with Jerry Ford button, was it whip inflation now, W-I-N? Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, but people, I, I grew up during that time, I was a, you know, I was a young adult in the early, you know, at the, at the tail end of it, okay, so I, you know, I got it in the backside because, you know, I was just getting started as a, as somebody I'd go out and make money. I and, uh... But the same thing's happening here, except this time, okay, Biden has actually doubled down on the stupid things that Trump did. Well, there's what I sense, uh, Carl, is, and and I was, obviously I was a lot younger then, but I was, I'm a little older than you, so I I, I pretty much went through the whole mess. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, and because I did so much work on that very issue at Pullman, and oh, by the way, I was in literally in, in, in Milton Friedman's class while all this was happening. You can only imagine what the, the tone was in that class. I mean, uh, because that was the guy was a champion. The Fed was a was a bunch of blithering idiots, right? And it, it, right. it turned out to be true. Uh, but the the thing that is scary, and, and before we before we wander off and don't ask you this question because I was almost got there in the first half hour, but the the even even if you, you think your CPI is legit, you know, and you and I obviously have very strong opinions that, that it certainly isn't. Although I think both of us might think that at the long term it'll it catches up or something. I'm not even sure about that, but um, even, even if it was legit, for whatever reason, I don't fully understand, and, may, and maybe you do. It is a, when this starts to happen, and you have this cycle where you pile in there, and then all of a sudden you you, you fight it like Volcker did, and you, and you, and you come back down. It's it's really a lagging indicator, and and I don't exactly know why. As much as they try and make it month by month, it it just isn't, uh, and and that's what has me so afraid this time because I saw it last time. But my question well, to you, okay, well, except here's the thing: what, what uh, I know, you and I have talked about this thing with Volker. You know, you're you're reasonably sure that he stopped on the pedal way too hard, especially towards the end of it. Yes. Okay. I I disagree with you. And the reason I disagree is that the, at its core, all inflation comes from government malfeasance and government overspending. Every penny of it. Um, it, it doesn't come from the overspending. It comes from uh, making money up to cover the spending. Well, uh, uh, yeah, basically, whatever you want to spend, if you want to keep the, account, the economy in balance, you have to tax it first. Well, okay. that's, that's what you well, don't have to do. Nobody likes doing that, right, yeah. Chief? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's, that's what that's I say usually once a week, probably ad nauseum, is, is the discipline that's supposed to be in the system, the whatever discipline you can put on politicians, is that if you want to spend more, you have to do one of two things. You either got to tax more, which nobody wants to do, or you got to borrow more, which, right. which, which sometimes can be a problem, sometimes it's appropriate. Uh, you know, depending on where, what you I mean, was it appropriate to borrow money for Hoover Dam that's still paying for itself? Yeah, you know, I mean, there are there are things that you that you want to borrow for, correct? I mean, it, it, I mean, there's no doubt that that. I mean, I think you probably want to borrow money for the TVA. You probably want to borrow money for, you know, locks on the Illinois River. You know what I'm saying? But 
But by and large, it's really a lot easier just to have the Fed print money for you. Well, yeah, the, the, the problem that we always have is that we have all these, these worthy things, right? I mean, there's, there's a clear exception where borrowing without a clear plan to retire it, uh, it doesn't really matter. And that's when there's an active war going on that actually involves you because if you lose, you don't have a country anymore. Right. So in that situation, you, you take the gamble because, you know, what is the alternative, right? Well, but, but I think, yeah, but we've, we've had major, I mean, we aren't the, the country of bridges and tunnels and everything else. We didn't borrow money to do them. Oh no, but the point, but the point is this, Chief. If I'm going to borrow money to build, you know, to do the TVA, okay, or to build the Eisenhower interstate system, which we all drive on today, if you're going to do that, then you have to have some means by which, at a discounted cash flow rate, the taxation that you're going to generate through the expected economic activity is going to pay for it. Correct. Absolutely correct. And we never ever do that. Um, we used to. Well, you know what? We don't do it anymore. No, absolutely not. Okay, and and what the Fed and what the federal government did when we had when when all the BS started in two thousand eight, and people started, you know, you had the new century that blew up, and you know the other things, right? And you had, you know, you had the oh, that's a temporary thing. Oh, it, you know, it's it's subprime is contained. Yada 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 yada. Okay, you know, Bernanke shot his mouth off for a year and a half about how this wasn't going to have a major impact on anything. And then when push comes to shove, instead of forcing those people to eat their own cooking and and say, look, the Federal Reserve's prime job is to clear payments between banks so the books balance. That's what we do. We are not here to bail out stupid people who did things out of greed. If they go out of business, fine. If this bank goes out of business, there'll be another bank because people need banks. They need ways to borrow money. They need ways to deposit money. We have to be able to clear payments. If all, if this bank on the corner goes out of business, somebody will open another one tomorrow because that function in the economy needs to be preserved. Well, you, well, and, by the way, being able to buy that bank building at $0.10 cents on the dollar means that you'll be able to do it better, faster, and cheaper. Well, I think what you're, what you're saying is, and I said pretty much, the, the Fed is there to be the banker of last resort and to guard the system because of any kind of a shock. Okay, because you want Which it did not do. Well, I'm saying that that has morphed somehow into protecting five banks and the people who... Well, but the thing is, they did not do that, okay? And even in the cases... uh, I mean, we had... There was was, uh, Colonial, which did a lot of the the crazy stuff with the pre-construction condo stuff down in Florida. Okay. During the middle of the blow up, these guys came out with an earnings report where, of course, they have all their assets valued, right? A month and a half later, the FDIC seizes them, and when BB&T comes in and buys them, all of a sudden their assets are worth 40% less than what they claimed. Now, that is fraud. Oh, yeah. You, ca- you cannot possibly have lost 40% of everything you had in a month and a half, in six weeks. That can't happen and yet it did happen okay uh, we we had indymac that was backdating deposits and the guy within the fdic and fslic who let it happen who, who knew about it and let it happen did the same thing during the snl crisis he didn't go to jail for either one of them 
I'm going to say, Carl, that in the area we are, downtown Chicago, I'd be stunned if the asset prices of the 15 biggest buildings around here aren't worth 40% less than two years ago. Well, but, you know, here's so here's the thing. At some point, and, and as long as it stays in assets and the inflation stays there, it, it, nobody cares. Okay, we should care because yeah. it is a ridiculously unsound thing to do, but nobody does. As soon as it starts to show up in the price of gasoline and fuel and yeah. things yeah. like this, all of a sudden there's a problem. Here's, here's an interesting fact, which, you know, everybody's screaming about this natural gas thing, right? Okay, so Biden did shut down Keystone XL. Biden has pulled permits for pipeline expansion, gas pipelines. Okay, this is a, that is a big deal. However, all right, the Keystone XL. I mean, I, I know it's a it's a it's a it's a headline thing, especially for people that are conservative. That didn't do anything, Carl. You know that. No, but it, that's well. Now, wait a minute. It did not do anything in terms of directly impacting the price of the fuel. You're right. We're directly directly impacting the price of oil. But what it did do is exactly what Jimmy Carter did to the nuclear industry. And if you think that that isn't part of the reason that oil is at ninety dollars a barrel right now, you're nuts. Um, I think it, by the way, I have a question to ask you before we go on with this, because it's an interesting topic. Because uh, I, you see, now you're feeding into my list. You must be starting to think like me. It's very bad for you. Uh, my question, <laughs> my question to you regarding the CPI and the lead and the, and the back lead, and we'll fight about Volcker next week, because I have my issues with him. But uh, the issues that I've, I've just gotten in the last year or two, the more I go back and study this stuff, the more I have an issue with it. But anyway, Here's my back of the envelope number, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't. I don't believe. I, I don't know the answer here, Carl. I'm gonna from 2012 to 2020, when nobody thought that we, you know, we had any problems with inflation, but I did, and I think you did, and we think it's all going in spots for, because it was in healthcare and people. Most people have insurance. Nobody cares. Right. Uh, uh, I have. I have us with a. 7.3% annual money supply growth for whatever that is, eight or nine years, when the growth in the country was 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 probably two. Maybe. Maybe. I'll be nice and say two, which means that there is a 5% inflation there someplace. Now, granted, the velocity might have gone down a hair or not, but, but the fact is, it's there, and you and I have been identifying it for the years you've been on the show. It was in medicine. It was in uh, it was in education, it was in taxes, it was things that, that don't normally show up. Probably was in utility bills, those kinds of things. It was in Disney tickets, you know. Right. Uh, so, but now from 2020 through, uh, basically last year or through a two year period, we, we were up 38% in the money supply for two years, which is something, Crazy. you know, maybe, maybe that happened with the day World War II started for a few months or something, but it's crazy. And now we're down, Last month, we're actually back down to 11.5% on a yearly basis. The month before, it was like 15 So I'm going to be perfectly blunt to my listeners. I, I, I cannot place my finger. If I look at that line over the last 20 or 10 years, if I look at that line and I look at where our CPI number is along that line now, given the fact that it's 6 months to 12 months, 18 months, you know, pick your poison of a lead time, I can't tell where we are on that on that line. Can you? No. And uh, but but again, from the Fed's point of view, they do not care. 
What they care about is one thing and one thing only, and that is when you have people get into the point, the perspective that I am going to get screwed tomorrow by this. Not today. I'm going to get screwed tomorrow. You have a spiral that they have to step on because if it happens and if the feedback mechanism gets established down that road is exactly what has happened in multiple nations around the world and every time it does there is an 80 percent chance the government fails yeah well and and at the point that i mean you're talking venezuela type stuff okay and when that happens Every one of those people that sit in those ivory towers and think they are, are more important than God, and they're certainly more important than you, I, and everybody else, every one of them dies exactly as easily as you and I do. Well, it, it, but there's, it interjects something this time that I'm sure on some level, since people don't change, in the Weimar Republic, in Iran, in Venezuela, in Argentina, I mean, you can name the places. Uh, it's funny, uh, Carl, every time I hear of a place that has Turkey was the last one. I, I, I would, the uh, incredible inflation that was going on in Turkey, it was 25%. I'm right. Online, I immediately found the Turkish Central Bank site, and guess what the money supply growth was last year? 25%. Yeah. 25% inflation. <clears throat> why, why, why am I <clears throat> a voice in the wilderness? Not like a couple guys on the show. Why am I a voice in the wilderness on this? It is so friggin' obvious. If you took a third grade economics class, it's right there. And yet, we, we have people on TV that allegedly have degrees. And, and well, anyway, what I'm saying to in, inject into this, though, now it's it seems different in what we're hearing because if you get the head of Disney on there, if you get the head of, who was on yesterday? Was it, uh, was it wasn't Kellogg's, it was one of those guys. And he said, oh, no, we've, we've been able to uh, keep ahead of the pricing. So why isn't there some schmuck like me? Of course, they all look better than me. Most of them are female and they look way better than me. Uh, why doesn't somebody say, all right, what you just said was you've been impacted by price increases to you, but you've been able to charge to raise your prices to the end user even more than that, hence your margin has gone up. So, you know, you know don't tell me that the reason why you keep your shirt button is to keep your heart from popping out of your chest. I mean, what you're telling us is you have pricing power due to some lack of competition in your industry that you can raise prices faster than the inputs are coming to you. That's really the answer. That's really the question, right? Yeah, and that well, and that's exactly what it is. But the, but again, the Fed doesn't care about any of that. Okay, I mean, because hey, listen, if if Disney's CEO comes on says that, and the stock price goes up five bucks, everybody loves him, right? Well, I mean, in our industry, and I, you know, we we're different because we're Southsiders and uh, we don't, we don't act this way. But if all of a sudden payment for order flow stopped. And people went way back to so back to charging like five dollars an option or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, and and that all of a sudden became the price. I don't think our costs would go up at all. That just becomes the price. And, and if we raised ours, the answer to it, and I wouldn't be this much of a smartass, chief. How did you? Why did you raise your price to five bucks? Because I could. Right. It has nothing to do with whether our costs went up or if the rent in here were up or, or I bought a new frying pan to cook breakfast because I could. Well, why, why is that so hard for people to get? Well, it's, I don't know because, you know what, as, as a former CEO, how, how did I set my prices? What I could? Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's that basic. All right. What is my competition going to do if I do this? Can, can I outmaneuver them? If I can't, well, guess what? Um, that's why we have this thing called competition to keep you from doing this thing on a wanton basis and just taking all the money. Right, and then at some point you price people out, and they say, "Well, you know, I'm either going to go to your competitor, or I'm not going to buy it at all." But uh, gee, how do I do that when I need gas to heat the house and it's 10 degrees outside? Well, the, right. the reason why I probably can't is because all my clients, I pretty much do all their trades. I manage their account. Right. The last thing I want to do is is ruin my return with brokerage. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, does is that you know at the end of the year somebody's got to look at their balance and say, yeah, this was a smart thing for me to you know to have my money there. Yeah, but, uh, but, but that's the that's the thing is those checks and balances. This is this is where the problem comes from. When you look at where all of this money and credit emission comes from, and it's real, it's credit emission. It's not money printing. It's credit printing. Money is what you get with. It's the surplus from your economic activity. There's no economic activity going on here. This is the government deciding that they're going to hand out free cheese, and they think they can do this, and nobody's ever going to have to pay for it. And that never works. We know it doesn't work. It's impossible. There's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, thermodynamics is not a set of suggestions. They apply to everything, including economics, including you know, government activity. There's no way around this. It is a fact of physical existence of every single thing that it, that. You know, exists in the universe. It, it doesn't go anywhere. Entropy is the same thing. It doesn't ever change. The only way you change it is by putting in effort and putting energy into the system, and that is human endeavor. All right, two, two okay, questions. Fine. Two serious Except We have a bunch of people in D.C. and in the state houses and in the local areas who think that they can do whatever the blankety blank they want, and nobody ever has to get the check. Well, I. Before you go on with that, um, we only have a couple of minutes. I have a specific question regarding that. I would love, Carl, and I don't know where I would get the, the resources. I would love to split this CPI number, I'm going to say in half, but not really in half. I'd like to look at the difference in the products, the top 15% buy versus the bottom 85, and look at the difference in prices on that stuff going up. I mean, I see 28% increases in Disney stuff in, in well, it's four years now, and the guy in Disney crowing about how the revenue is up in the parks. Of course, you raised all the prices, you buffoon. I mean, right. I, but my, but my question to you, it's almost like the person who studies, it's probably politically correct these days, they study the, the prices of high-class call girls versus low-class. I'm going to say that the stuff on the 10 or 15%, the largesse that was given out for the government and the PPP and other stuff, the amount of money that the people in the top 10 or 15, 20% have vis-a-vis the rest, their inflation rate, I'll bet, is double the, the schmucks. I mean, the schmucks like me. Yeah. yeah. I, bet, I bet the price of a Ferrari has gone up 30%. According to the price of the other stuff is, too, because they, they use the excuse with the chips. But I'm saying, I'll bet the higher-end stuff is dramatically higher on an inflation rate than than the lower-end stuff. Oh, yeah, but, you know, here's, again, what it comes down to is this. The Federal Reserve is going to be forced to cut off what Congress and the federal government are doing. Right. And they are going, and they are going to do it. And when they do, and, it, and it's going to happen soon, so people who think it's not, I, I, I'll take the other side of that bet all day long and twice on Sunday. When they do it, 
two things are going to happen. Interest expense within the Treasury, because we have had two Treasury secretaries sequentially now who have rolled down duration, which is effing stupid when you've got extremely low rates, but it's what they've done in order to keep the deficit number down a little bit. They are going to get pounded as the rollovers happen in the marketplace. And as a result, the interest expense is going to go to the moon. And the only place, and I've been saying this for 10 years, the only place you're going to get that and be able to actually make those the numbers balance is out of Medicare and Medicaid. And if you think I'm wrong on this, you go pull up the MTS. No, you're not. Figure yeah. out who's spending what where. You're not wrong, the check register. That's the ledger. Okay, you pull that 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 up. You take a look at the general ledger of the federal government, which is what that is, and you tell me where else you can get it from because the answer is nowhere. Let's make a deeper dive on that next week. You are you're not wrong, but you are out of time. We are both. Oh well. SP futures up five. Nasdaq futures up nineteen. We're trying to trying to take back some of yesterday's losses. We'll see if we do. We back Monday. Stacks and jacks. Yeah. As we learn not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hanzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.